0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 238 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin here to uh, tide you guys over for just a few minutes while we wait for uh, Dave Choate and Aaron Freeman, our guests tonight, to join us to kick off. Our pre-week, pre-draft week show, I guess, technically we're over seven days from the NFL draft. Eight days on the dot, right? Uh, But we have been getting a lot of draft rumors recently, some, you know, involving teams other than the Falcons, quite a few involving the Falcons. There's a lot of discussion out there. So we're going to get into all that stuff tonight. Uh, So real excited to talk about that with you guys, talk about some of the, the latest news, the visits, and i get into a lot of stuff. So speaking of, we have our, our folks joining us right now. Hi, what's up, Aaron? How we doing?
0: I'm doing all right, man. How's good, doing good.
1: good, good. Just just went live like less than 30 seconds ago, so perfect timing. How was the, uh, I believe it's the, hun- the 100th show for, for Out of Your Falcon Mind. How are those guys doing?
0: They're doing great. Just ran into Dave. Uh, I'm yep, sure he'll yep. be over <laughs> shortly Yep. as well. Yep you'll
1: be joining us yep but uh yeah we got we got a lot of ground a lot of ground to cover a lot of uh draft takes swirling a lot of draft rumors swirling so we're here to be the the lie detectors right we're the we're the ones that are going to tell you which ones are are made up and which ones are true because like you like you said today on twitter uh thomas dimitroff does you know text you every day right
0: um <laughs> you know terry's always trying to figure out what you know what what's going to be on the docket for it you know his first listen each and every day and you know some episodes he's a fan of some episodes he's not so much a fan of he's always you know fact checking some of the things i say on the podcast and other people say on the podcast so you know we do it's part of our group chat howie roseman's there it's it's the twitter gms and the real gms group chat you know there's a couple other people in there so that's that's what goes on every single morning
1: all right. Yep, that I, I knew it. I was I suspected it, but now it's been confirmed. That's how you get all these hashtag profit scoops. <laughs> I knew it. I've been suspicious for a while. Thank you for confirming that. Uh but yeah, no, we got we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk to. There's definitely lots of stuff swirling and I hope you've prepared your your boldest predictions for today's show as well because you know, we we're going to go on the record, you know, with some wild stuff. Or it could just be something boring, I guess. You're not this miss- you know, you get to de- you get to define what bold means for you, but um, okay. You know, I'll leave that up to, to you guys. But uh, while while we're waiting for Dave, this is a good time for me to uh, plug the show. Obviously, guys, uh, please like, subscribe, leave us that five star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We get speaking of Dave, here he is, just right in the middle of my right in the middle of my spiel. But well, welcome, Dave. How we doing?
2: Good, good. Sorry, I'm late. It's okay. Hey, well,
1: Dave, Eric- a long time no see. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Feel like it's, it's years everybody was like everybody was doing a pre-show thing except for me uh so i now i now i feel left out of, of the pre-show but uh, glad to have you here as well dave we're gonna get i hope you brought your spiciest takes i hope you didn't use them all on out of your falcon mind so i
2: did not but i'm not sure how spicy i am i was i was given zesty level takes on there so okay yeah
1: that's fine my
2: it's
1: a good start it's a good start right yeah yeah guys uh Welcome, everyone, into the show. Like I said, draft rumors, bold predictions. We're going to to get into all of it and just sort of our, our general thoughts, you know, uh, on where the team is heading into pre-draft week where, uh, you know, they're definitely going to be shuffling their board. No, I guarantee you guys, the Falcons have like 99.9% of the decisions made Uh, and, you know, everything's probably running very smoothly over there now. Maybe, maybe, I mean, they have all the reports in. They've probably talked about... of the players are going to talk about at this point. Now it might be still discussions about how they're going to stack it up. Um, You know, what things they want to prioritize where maybe we do see some more signings or cuts immediately prior to the draft because, you know, they don't really have a lot of roster spots. So if they want UDFAs, they they may have to get those transactions in before day three to make sure they have room to bring those guys in. But uh, yeah, we got, uh, Lots to get to, a lot to get to, but before we do, uh, you guys are gonna have to bear with me because we're gonna be doing our inaugural ad read here on the show uh, for the Believe Podcast Network. So bear with me as as we do our maiden voyage here. Uh, I did practice it once, so you know um, you got. I did do a practice run, guys. Uh, so th- this is you know, so you guys are gonna have to tell me how it goes, and, and we'll workshop it from here. Okay. So today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your number one source. For all your sports betting needs, including info, stats, news, and scores, you can get the latest odds and lines for this year's NBA playoffs. Uh, or maybe you're feeling overly confident in the Falcons right now, right? You could bet on Atlanta to win the NFC South uh, or the NFC Championship if you're feeling particularly spicy. Uh, of course, that's likely to end in bitter disappointment, but that would be very familiar. Uh, so you're welcome to do that. But either way, Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, all the way to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code, BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for those that don't know to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. All right. So, you guys give me, you know, give me your your uh your grades in the chat uh for for the first one, okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, appreciate appreciate uh believe uh for getting that all set up and uh yeah. Let's let's dive right in to the takes. Um I guess the biggest Rumor that is swirling right now has to do with quarterbacks, um, right? That the Falcons are actually interested in a quarterback. You know, I, some people seem to really be taking it seriously that they're bringing all these quarterbacks in for visits. Uh, me personally, you guys probably know how I feel about that, but I, I, I don't think it should be ignored, but I do wonder what you guys sort of feel about that situation. And, and uh, Dave, as the, uh, I was going to say elder statesman, but I feel like that would cut you too deep. So uh, I'm going to back off of that, but Dave, (laughs) how do you feel about that quarterback situation at this point?
2: Well, I have been finding some gray in my beard, so it might, it might be true, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I'm not going to rule out anything at eight, um, but I I feel pretty confident that that's not going to happen. I think ultimately you know, you've seen the the level of investment in Ritter. Obviously, it, it took longer than I, I think many of us thought for them to come out and say, yes, he's the starter. But they've said it now. Um, they brought in uh, Taylor Henneke. They still have, you know, the immortal Logan Woodside and whatever strange hybrid Felipe Franks is at this point. To me, um you know, you have put your your foot behind. It's not the way I want to say that, but you put your support behind Ritter at this point. It's pretty clear they think he's going to start, you know, if you had a guy fall to you at eight that you absolutely couldn't pass up, you take him and you figure it out later. But do I think they are seriously considering a move up to get a quarterback? Do I think they're planning on taking a quarterback above some of the other, you know, talented prospects at other positions that they're interested in? I do not. Uh, I think it, it would take a a pretty, um, I don't want to say outlandish, but maybe outlandish series of circumstances for them to actually land a quarterback at eight in this draft class or even less likely to go all the way up to three with the Cardinals, let's say, to get one. So I, I think it's, it's good to, you know, check on these guys, make sure they're a guy you cannot live without. I, I do think that they've sort of made what they've planned uh, or planned what they've made to do at quarterback already they're in good shape um at least for 2023 in their minds I do think you know Ritter has been the plan for a while now I think I've written about that a couple of times so yeah to me it's it's rumors and I think it's it's a little bit of wish casting for folks who who just don't believe Ritter is that guy but by all appearances the Falcons believe Ritter is that guy so there you go
1: yeah it we'll get into it but like if if they if like they just like trade up to 3 for a quarterback like it it would be just like why did you do all this like what why did you do all this media blitz to hype up Ritter if you were basically just waiting to replace him it just doesn't make sense to me but uh Aaron I want to get your thoughts on, on the rumors before I dive into that too much but I know you're like I think lower on Anthony Richardson in general um but, you know, because I think he and Will Levis are probably the only ones with any serious chance of making it to eight. But in general, what do you think about the quarterback to the Falcons? Uh, do you think it's something that is something we'll, we'll see or, or not?
0: No, I, you know, I said on Lockdown Falcons earlier today um, that I'm 99 percent confident the Falcons are going to stand pat at quarterback. Um, and, you know, some of that is owed to we've never seen this regime in the 800 plus days that they've been at the home, carry more than three quarterbacks on the roster. Now, granted you could, you know, technically draft a quarterback and then cut Logan Woodside, but it, it does feel like the Falcons by their statements and actions are, are basically content with the quarterback. But I think it, it's kind of like if you're shopping for anything, really a new car or anything like that, you kind of have to do your due diligence. You got to do your homework, you know, you got to look at, you got to test drive a couple of things, before you know that the car that you, you know, plan on purchasing or you currently have is the best for you. So you have to do your homework on these quarterbacks. You know, several of these guys could fall to the Falcons at eight, um, you know, of the ones that are likeliest to fall to the Falcons at eight with Richardson and and Levis. Uh, you know, I don't think they really bring a whole lot to the table uh, that you're not getting with Desmond Ritter. I'm sure opinions will vary. But, you know, part of the reason why I'm lower on Anthony Richardson, not necessarily because of his NFL potential. It just feels like him in Atlanta is basically what Marcus Mariota was. And because we just got out of that relationship, I don't necessarily want to jump back in to a, another athletic quarterback that has accuracy issues, um, you know, to the degree that I think Anthony Richardson has. So for me, like, I, I just think the Falcons are doing their due diligence. They're gathering information in a world where CJ Stroud falls to eight if i was in that room i'd probably very much consider taking him there but if he falls to eight that's basically the nfl kind of telling us that they have issues with cj stroud whether that's the talk about his maybe not scoring as well in the s2 as you would like the ohio state stigma you know whatever those issues are that potentially would prompt cj stroud to fall but if you know all those teams picking ahead of the falcons that realistically could use a quarterback pass on him i don't think the falcons would be the team that would stop the fall at that point you know i think they would basically fall in line with the rest of the league if that was the case and again i don't think that's very likely i, I would i would bet against cj shaw blasting past the colt at four but we'll see and and then with levis and richardson i just kind of just feel like yeah you know the upside is there because they have the big arm and you know certainly with richardson the the athletic tools uh, a little bit beyond Ritter, although you know people underrate Ritter as an athlete. Um, you know he has like the fifth best broad jump <laughs> in combine yes. history, where, where Richardson has the first best. So it's like it's not yes. he's not that far behind Richardson from an athletic standpoint. But um, I just think, um, yeah, I just it feels like such a lateral move to to take projects like Richardson and Levis when you already have kind of a project in in Desmond Ritter on on your hands. So it it is it's never really made a ton of sense
1: me. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I just, I've never gotten the, the quarterback to felt to the Falcons thing. I mean, it, there are some lines of thinking where it, it did make sense, right? Like, Oh, it, with Lamar Jackson, it's like, okay, when well, you here you have a former MVP, a guy that, you know, we should all expect to be better than Desmond Ritter, even the biggest, you know, Desmond Ritter fans probably would need to acknowledge that like, okay, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. Like it, it it's time mm-hmm. to it's time to to you know accept that if he was going to come in here, that he would be the clear starter, and it would have made sense for them to have a good backup behind Lamar Jackson because he has missed some games here and there over the last few years, and so having a guy like Ritter, who you do believe has at least starting potential, even if it can't match Lamar Jackson's ceiling, that would that would have made sense. When you get into this draft and adding another young quarterback to the room it's just like i everyone gets all hung up on ritter as a third round pick and i think that's a big mistake like it it's just don't treat him like a third round pick treat him like the quarterback that they drafted with the hope to start at one point um and you know we i mentioned it earlier in the show like this they've done they've gone out of their way to sort of blitz the media with this Desmond Ritter is the starting quarterback we're telling you he's the starting quarterback we're having him do starting quarterback press conferences we're putting him front and center for the media we're like making hype videos like I just don't think it's that deep that this is like the most extreme smoke screen they have Arthur Blank out hyping him up like at a certain point like and maybe this will all be proven wrong in a week and like you know we'll just we'll be like oh they got me but like at this point like come on like it this is ridiculous this is ridiculous that <laughs> like they would go this far just to just to supplant him in like a couple days I mean it it's just it feels like everyone's like well you know it could be a smokescreen it's like sure anything could happen right but like at this point like what are we doing like what is the competitive advantage at this point like is it really worth all of this work I mean maybe they think that it is but uh it just seems ridiculous to me at this point that they would go this far to hype up Desmond Ritter, uh, with without really being at least somewhat truthful about their intentions with him. Um, it doesn't mean they're married to him forever, but at least for now, it seems pretty clear to me that that uh, that he is the presumptive starter. Uh, and unless something were to happen to change that, it doesn't seem like. That. I mean, they brought in Taylor Heineke, who has started a lot of NFL games, and made him the backup. Like, just they didn't even do a competition. And 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 it just seems like everyone brushed that aside as like oh well this is clearly just you know gamesmanship they just lied to every free agent when they told them Desmond Ritter was the starter this is all like how how deep like are we gonna go down this conspiracy rabbit hole before we actually just do the obvious like the Occam's razor right like maybe they're just actually gonna start Desmond Ritter like maybe that's been the answer all along but well I I think too like
2: we have to remember like the thing that stuck out to me was Dwayne Jones the uh, the assistant director of college scouting for the Falcons, the way he talked about Ritter after the draft last year was, you know, extremely positive, like clearly somebody they were keyed in on. And I think the way the season unfolded and the fact that he only got four games really just, you know, put a lot of doubt into people's heads. And then the Falcons themselves refusing to say, you know, one way or the other, is he the starter for a bit there until maybe Blank and and Heineke kind of forced their hand there. Um, You know, but they've always talked about him and it seemingly positioned him as somebody who's going to get a chance to do this and I, I think that would have been true if they had never traded Matt Ryan I think it, it's true you know post Mariota and we don't know if it's going to work out but but I do think to your point it, it is kind of that simple this is the guy they believe in they're going to try to make it work with him and you know barring something crazy happening in a week or so that's that's where we're at
1: yeah I think that's very fair and it just, it's a little bit exhausting because it's like, how many times do I have to tell you, like, I don't think they're taking a quarterback and, and you know, I, I don't think they are, but they could because, you know, as much as we might like to pretend that we know a lot about this team, and I like to think that we do, like, honestly, but we're not in those meeting rooms. I mean, I... We're not there every day. Right. Oh, I forgot. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I I forgot. We, we already, we already clarified. Yeah. We already (laughs) clarified where you're getting your takes at the top of the show, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) But it's just, it's, it's guys. Sometimes it's not that complicated. Like sometimes we're not playing four dimensional chess. Like it's, is it really that hard to believe? I don't think it is. I, and I've been trying to tell that to everybody on every show that I go on. Like, I really don't think they're taking a quarterback. You know, I really don't think they are. And like, maybe they do on like day three, you know, it like Logan Woodside, Toledo legend, you know, I, I just happened to be uh, there when he was playing. And um, I think he's a good dude, not necessarily a guy you're like holding a roster spot for. So maybe they want another guy like a Jake Hayner or something on late on day three, like to, to sort of bring in and, and develop as like a long-term backup or something like that. But like, that's, I think the most that we're going to see, I don't really foresee any, serious move at quarterback. Now, if Anthony Richardson were to fall to 8, I think that would tempt them just because again, like he he is that sort of prototype that you think of with Arthur Smith. And the other the other reason is like with Richardson, I think you could make a clear case that he's like not going to start this year. Like, oh, well, Ritter's still the starter. Anthony Richardson's not expected to start. You know, he's going to he's going to basically pull a Desmond Ritter this year and be sort of the the like, you know, understudy. Uh, and then they go that direction, but even that, I mean, I I don't think Anthony Richardson's falling. I don't really think any of the quarterbacks are getting to eight. I think this is all overblown and maybe that's the next draft rumor we tackle. Uh, but it's, I would not, you know, you know, speaking of bet online, I would not be placing any bets on the Falcons to draft a quarterback. If, if I were you, uh, (laughs) I don't think the payoff is worth it. Um, if nobody thought the Falcons were going to take a quarterback, then it might, the odds might be worth it. But at this point, it's not that outlandish in terms of the betting odds. So I would probably avoid that. Um, That's, that's my betting advice that that's free. That's free folks. But um, let's, let's dive in. This one's not specifically the Falcons, but it's one of the more interesting draft rumors floating around. So I do want to get into it with, with you guys that the Texans are going to pass on a quarterback at two after passing on a quarterback the last year and passing on a quarterback the year before, you know, Davis Mills doesn't count. So, what what do you guys think about that particular rumor, Aaron? I'll let you get the first crack at this one. I, I it's one of the more you know interesting ones, certainly. Uh, and there's a lot of this you know stuff about like, oh, well, you know, C.J. Stroud's agent is the same as Deshaun Watson, so therefore they're 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 pissed at him or something. So what, what do you think about this particular one?
0: Um, you know, until. When Lance Zierlein of NFL.com kind of first floated this in a mock draft that he did like two, three weeks ago, it was like, okay, like Lance is pretty plugged into Houston, but this just seems like more throwing stuff at the wall. But the fact that this has been picking up more and more steam over the last couple of weeks with lots of quote unquote NFL insiders saying this as a possibility, you know, Peter King and Peter Schrader and. Adam Schefter, and I'm sure a couple other people I'm mentioning, makes me think that this has gone from far fetched to plausible. Now, whether it actually happens, I mean, this is kind of similar to the conversation two years ago when everybody was like, oh, the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones. And then ultimately, (laughs) I was hoping you bring that up. You know, they, they wound up taking Trey Lance, the player that I think most people thought they would take. So it'll be interesting. But like for me, whether they do it or not, to me, like frankly, doesn't matter to me it well i mean obviously it, it's gonna matter when it comes to the, how the draft goes but this is why like i love the draft because yeah. like you don't know what's gonna happen like we just sit there like okay we kind of think we know who the number one pick is gonna be but we don't really know and then we like kind of don't really know who the number two pick is and then what happens at three and four and so like that thursday night is going to be must see tv as far as i'm concerned so if the Texans decide to go in that direction um it'll That'll be an interesting choice, you know. I'm sure they'll get a lot of grief for it, but um, it, you know, they they do have another opportunity at 12 to to swing back and potentially get a quarterback. Although you you wonder, you know, if you're willing to take a quarterback at 12, why aren't you willing to take that guy at two? So it, and the other part of me is wondering: is is this just kind of the Texans doing this to to say like we don't really want a quarterback to kind of tamp down? They're, you know, to, to or to get leverage back in, in a possible trade up sort of scenario with the Colts, because if Bryce Young's really the guy that they really love, and they're worried, you know, the Colts will, I mean, not the Colts, the Panthers, they're they're gonna ask for, you know, the stars and the sun in a trade up from one to two, you know. So it, to me, it's a lot of gamesmanship, and you know, ultimately we'll find out on Thursday night how it goes. But to me, it, it makes the draft a hundred times more exciting now. Than it was before when we just kind of, for the last three months, assumed it would be Stroud and Young, one, two, in some combination uh, at the top of the draft.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was getting a little boring, and part of me, won- the cynic in me wonders if this is all just an invention to, like, drum up more interest in, like, the top two picks, because it was just so chalky before. It's like, well, one of them's going to be Bryce, one of them's going to be CJ Stroud. There's not really any intrigue there. Now it's like, oh, well, maybe they won't take one at all. There, there you go. So, I don't know. That That's probably ridiculous, but you do have a bunch of insiders coming out saying, Oh, it's realistic. And then you had Ian Rappaport just be like, yeah, no, I'd be shocked if they didn't take a quarterback. So <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I'm interested to see who comes out on top of this particular insider battle. But Dave, what do you, what do you think about uh, that, that rumor of the Texans passing again on quarterback?
2: I agree. It makes the draft more interesting. I don't, I don't buy it. I, yeah. I just don't. I, I think, you know, you, you've got, finally a a new, maybe long-term, hopefully long-term coaching staff in there. Um, And I I think that this is considered uh, a draft where you can get a good quarterback. Um, I I think Houston, unless they're anticipating that they're going to be so bad this year that they're going to be right back in it for, you know, what might be a more highly regarded top of the class a year from now, I I can't see them doing it. I, I do think you know, probably the the rumors of their interest in Bryce Young are are true, and I think Carolina's dithering at the top of the draft is is probably <laughs> driving them a little bit crazy, like everybody else. But I do think this might be, you know, might be a leverage play. It might just be the way these rumors go um, in the in the final moments before the draft. But I I don't seriously believe that they would pass up on a quarterback at number two. Um, would they, you know? Hop down a spot or two, but they can't hop down a spot. The Cardinals aren't interested in doing that. But, you know, would they consider that if they thought they could get their guy a little later? Maybe. But I, I just can't see them actually going with, you know, say Will Anderson or something rather than actually staying put and, and taking a quarterback, not after, you know, a couple of years of Davis Mills and, and really a franchise long history of not having that guy for more than a couple of years i i, I can't see it
1: yeah I, I think it's i don't know how you make the case to to ownership that you're trying to win or build a team with without getting a quarterback in there and like almost like it's very frequent that new regimes take a quarterback when they get there uh and there's a couple of teams that have not done that recently the Falcons are one right uh but they had Matt Ryan who was still honestly playing at a a decent level so they didn't feel and he was making a ton of money so they didn't feel like they they needed to there definitely can still argue (laughs) about that particular point but um you know that they made that call and then the Panthers with Matt Rule were another example and look at that ad turned out too they never ever got their quarterback so they just kept passing every year, and then it was like, "Well, it's we'll get Sam Darnold, and we'll get you know some other guy, Baker Mayfield." Now the Bucks are getting on the Baker Mayfield train, so um, it's. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, but you they know, have
2: the Traskmaster, so that's yeah. true. They do have you the Traskmaster.
1: I'm yeah. sorry, I, I shouldn't have slandered the track, the Traskmaster, but. Um, not in my
2: presence. No. Yeah,
1: no, it's not allowed, but. Yeah, I, I don't buy it either. For the record, I I would be shocked. Um, and if they if they do, I I think it's probably signaling that this uh, that Nick Casario's days are, are numbered and he knows it. <laughs> but, I mean, I I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know how he survives without them at least making some kind of forward progress. And if they don't add a quarterback, how is that going to happen? Like you're 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 really trying to sell Davis Mills for a third year, like. I mean, (laughs) I just, I don't see it. So uh, I could be wrong. You know, like I said, I don't, I don't text, you know, I don't text the GM and owner like Aaron. So I I don't, I don't know for sure, but um, that's definitely one of the more interesting ones there. Um, So moving on to the Falcons pick at eight, there's obviously been some names connected there. Um, Tyree Wilson has been popular lately. Nolan Smith seems to be gaining a lot of steam. Um, and whether or not he goes to the Falcons, I think he's definitely someone that is going to go earlier than fans maybe expect. I think the NFL as a whole is like much higher on him. Um, but you know, I know Bijan has picked up a lot of steam, especially in betting markets where the Falcons are like the heavy favorite to draft Bijan. Um, so I'm curious if, if you guys think that any of those possibilities are legit or if this is going to be, you know, with Drake London, there was a steady buzz that built right about from right about this time period into the draft where Drake London sort of crystallized, I guess I would say as the pick and I stubbornly still refused to send him to the Falcons in a mock draft. So, um, you know, that was my bad, uh, but <laughs> Jermaine Johnson forever. Um, but you know, <laughs> Drake London, I think ended up being a better pick than Jermaine Johnson, at least after a rookie season. So, you know, that's why Terry Fontenot gets paid the big bucks and not me. Um, but yeah, I'm curious if, any of the the rumors swirling around any of those players or other guys uh, sort of stand out to you, Uh, Dave, uh, you want to take us, take us away on this first.
2: Yeah. um, I I, want to congratulate Aaron, first of all, on on maybe (laughs) single-handedly with with help from you, Kevin, um, uh, catapulting Bijan into, you know, the stratosphere as as a likely Falcons pick. (laughs) I'm giving you guys a lot of credit for that um, because I, I think it was not a super commonly talked about thing before we saw that drum beat coming and you know it it makes sense it would be a lot of fun i i still don't believe it's actually going to happen at eight i think if he falls a lot further than expected it gets interesting but um that's that's not one i'm buying stock in as much as it would be fun and i'd be fine with it at the end of the day um the nolan smith uh, piece is interesting to me because to your point kevin this was about the time last year We started getting strong indicators that um, Drake London, you know, a receiver were going to be the pick Uh, the year before that Kyle Pitts, I feel like was, was pretty locked in for a long time um, for most people, but still kind of intensified around now. So the fact that all of a sudden Nolan Smith seems to be everywhere um, with these mock picks and this buzz makes me think there might be something to that. Um, I, I think he is, you know, it wouldn't be my first choice, but, if they love him and they have a plan for him, certainly under Ryan Nielsen in particular, then you can't go wrong with that. I, I'm still falling back myself on, um, you know, I, I think if Wilson makes it to them, he's an obvious pick. I still think Christian Gonzalez for all of the stocking up at cornerback that they've done and, and this sort of, um, I want to say rocky start, but it would certainly be a balancing act, right, to find playing time for somebody like that with the guys you have and some of the other guys you have without cutting but I still think he's in play. I think Peter Skoronsky's is in play. Um, to me, we don't have clarity on who it is yet. Um, I think maybe the Falcons are doing a little bit of a better job than they did the last couple of years here, like with a week to go before the draft of, um, disguising their intentions. But if I was going to put any credence in anything we've heard to this point, I, I think it would be the way things are picking up with Nolan Smith are interesting to me personally. Um, and it was it was funny. Uh, this is a little bit unrelated, but I went back a year ago and a few days before the draft, um, Peter King had predicted Drake London, and he also said the Falcons thought they could get you know uh, maybe a long-term starting quarterback without premium draft capital. But then he thought it was Matt Corral. So um, you know,
1: <laughs> well, you know, we all we all miss sometimes fifty yeah, percent, yeah, right? That's do, not we bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, but yeah. that that's that's where I would stand on it, and I think you know the fact that. Like You could name more guys than I just named off, and like any of them, I, I think, I have my preferences, but any of them would be defensible picks, um, premium talent, so Falcons are in a good spot if, if it shakes out that they can get any of those guys.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of really good players in this class, so there's, there's only a few I think I would be kind of peeved by, quarterback, mo- mostly one specific quarterback. I think the other three... I would be, you know, pretty happy with, but there's one specific one that I would not agree with in any way. Um, but yeah, Aaron, curious to hear your thoughts on sort of the buzz around the Falcons at eight and what of that do you think is possibly legit or maybe, you know, hundred percent legit since you're talking to Fontenot every day.
0: Well, well, Terry doesn't tell me who they're going to pick, right? Yeah. You know, that I, would take I, the I, fun I'm, away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he, he, you know, he's dropping hints and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm doing my best to to read through the tea leaves and whatnot. The Nolan Smith stuff is is a little bizarre to me. Um, I, I I can get why a team would fall in love with the person that Nolan Smith is, but the player to me is just kind of he's not a top-ten guy. And my thought process through this entire process is when you look back at the Falcons' two first-round picks, they were pretty chalky, meaning that like they weren't veering too far off of sort of what the consensus was and, like, I know there are people out there that rank Nolan Smith really highly, but there, there's only a small percentage of people that put him in the conversation for to being a top 10 or top 12 type of player. I think most people sort of see him as a late first, early second round sort of talent. And for me, you know, I heard Deontay Lee on of the Athletics say this on a recent podcast over there he kind of compared him to Leonard Floyd. And like that to me is what exactly you're getting with Nolan Smith. If you use a top 10 pick, you're not getting an impact pass rusher. You're getting a really try hard guy. You're getting a really valuable role player. And then, you know, you hope with development and coaching that maybe he can be an impact pass rusher down the road. But I think to me, he's so redundant to what you already have with, D'Angelo Malone and Lorenzo Carter and Arnold Abichetti and now Bud Dupree and to me it would just be baffling to me to see the Falcons sign Bud Dupree so late in the offseason only with the idea but we're going to draft Nolan Smith that just doesn't make any sense to me Um, because to me Nolan Smith is not bringing anything to the table that you don't already have at the outside linebacker whether you're looking for speed or toughness or physicality I mean you can look at Caden Ellis Caden Ellis is going to be a, probably a, a bigger impact pass rusher for this defense over Nolan Smith in, in, year one. So I, that one makes no sense to me. And so I, I basically, because of that whole notion of them being very chalky, like, I, I think they're going to take either, If you know, w- we'll see what their thoughts are on Jalen Carter. Um, I tend to be skeptical of them taking Jalen Carter, uh, at that pick but you know he obviously makes sense in a lot of ways i think tyree wilson will probably be you know one of the top players on their board if he falls there it doesn't seem very likely based off of a lot of scenarios especially given all the talk of quarterbacks sliding in the draft seems very unlikely if that happens that tyree wilson will also slide in the draft and so to me i i kind of look at it like if if one of those two pass rushers isn't there then i I kind of go with Peter Skoronsky, and like initially I've been skeptical of the whole Peter Skoronsky thing, but basically to me, the Bud Dupree signing kind of flipped the switch for me with, with it came to that because like you didn't need Bud Dupree, right? You you already had Abiquetti, you already had Carter, you had Malone, you bring in Calais Campbell, you have Caden Ellis, you know, and and Bud Dupree is not necessarily a high profile pass rusher. Um, And so it's like, okay, why are you bringing in Bud Dupree? You know, you know, just to be a, a role player and he'll be a, a very good role player for the Falcons. But it's it's been baffling to me that the Falcons have not brought in that, quote unquote, body at the left guard position. Um, and so, like, to me, you bring in Bud Dupree because you you think there's a chance that that edge rusher, that Tyree Wilson player doesn't fall to you at eight. Right. You know. And so you do feel pretty comfortable that, you know, Peter Skaransky is going to be on the board. So for me, like I've come full circle on Peter Skoronsky to the point that like if Tyree Wilson's not the pick, I feel like Skaransky is probably the best bet right now. I I just, you know, Vanessa and and Nolan Smith. I just, I don't see the Falcons falling in love with either one of those or believing enough in either one of those guys to take them at eight. I of course could be wrong and, you know, Last year, I was highly skeptical of them taking a wide receiver like you, Kevin. I was yeah. <laughs> you know, Jermaine Johnson to the end until like maybe like three days before the draft. And then I was like, uh, I guess they're going to take a wide receiver. And still, even when we got the draft night, I still was like, well, you know, they'll they'll surprise us and they'll take Jermaine Johnson or, or you know. And so I, I could be just in denial on that one. But like, the, you know, Nolan Smith's a good player, but like that would be such a a baffling pick to me. Like you're just taking a guy because you love the makeup, not because you actually think he's worth a top 10 selection in my humble opinion.
1: Yeah. It. The thing with Nolan Smith is like, you don't, he's probably not going to bust. Like, I don't think he's going to be a bad player. He's probably going to be like a multiple contract player for your team, but is he going to be one of the best players picked in the first round or in the draft, which is what you're, expecting when you take someone in the top 10? I don't know. Um, I think that's a fair question. His athletic ceiling is really crazy. I mean, he's sort of a one-of-one player. Um, Obviously, extremely hard worker, very reliable run defender. Maybe they, you know, the only thing I can think is that they view him like a Micah Parsons type. Like, they think they can get they can use him as off ball linebacker and as a pass rusher, and and get the best out of him at both spots, which is a really bold thing to to do because there's only one Micah Parsons, and thinking you can get that player again, probably not likely to happen. Um, but that's the only route I can see where you think of him as that sort of top ten pick is if you think that he has that Micah Parsons ceiling. And um, I'm not, I don't think I'm there. I I do like Nolan Smith. I've mocked him to the Falcons in the second multiple times um obviously he's not gonna make it there but uh you know top 10 that's that is another one that I question but um the Skaronsky thing is interesting I think we should talk more about that but let me get to Jason Gaines Uh, we got a couple donations from Jason Gaines thank you so much Jason uh first of all I said Aaron did a a great job on Tom Brenneman's show uh hope that he gets a second chance as an NFL broadcaster however I would have Liked for you to troll him and say, thanks for having me. And then there's a deep drive into left field by Kessler. (laughs) So, uh, that would have been a good, yeah. Now, now I have to listen to that. Um, and so I can see where that would have been. Um, and then Jason also adds, uh, right now, skeptical of the Mac Holland signing before the 2022 season. Uh, there was not much production in his career. Worried that that might be sort of a fluke season. Um, also hurts to lose Lameda Zacchaeus, who did sign with the Eagles today. I worry that Miller, Scotty Miller is also not an upgrade over Zacchaeus. Yeah, those are all good points. Um, you know, and I, I figured out why Zacchaeus didn't get re-signed. It's that run block rate on PFF, right? 47.8 run block rate. That's not going to cut it for Arthur Smith. So, uh, yeah, no, I I don't know if, I. we don't know if the Falcons were interested in re-signing Zacchaeus and he declined or if the Falcons weren't interested. Like, we're probably never going to get those details unless Zacchaeus does a tell-all or something. I do wonder if it was a little bit of, like, you know, maybe you didn't have the best chemistry with Ritter, and also, you know, you're probably best as a slot receiver, but we're probably not going to utilize a slot receiver, so maybe you should go elsewhere for that, and also, you know, the run blocking. You know, those are rookie numbers, OZ. You got to pump those numbers up. So, uh. You know, I don't know exactly, but I do think there's an argument to be made that that Scotty Miller probably isn't going to provide, like, more raw production. And Miller's also not a replacement for uh, Zacchaeus. He's a replacement for Demir Bird. He's like a five-year younger Demir Bird who also plays special teams. That's—I think that's more of a signing to replace Bird than than Zacchaeus. but— we're going to save the rest of that wide receiver discussion for May and June, uh like the depth chart discussion because we need something to fill the air uh after the draft. So we're going to table that, Jason, but that that is a, a good point. Definitely something we should discuss. Um Yeah, I do like the Skronski thing, Aaron, and I do want to touch on that too because that honestly is something I have been thinking about as well. Is like what's the player that like we've heard no buzz about that like probably would make sense? that fits what they like, that's the best player at their position, that they're just, like, no one's talking about. Um, and that that is Skaronsky, right? Because we've basically heard every other, you know, position group connected to the Falcons. We've even heard wide receiver at eight, which I, I feel the same way about quarterback as I do about wide receiver. I just don't see it. Um, really don't see it. But, you know, I do think... Peter Skaronsky fits the team, like, perfectly, right? Like, super hard-nosed guy. Everyone's going to love the character. And, like, I do think he has a really, really high ceiling at guard. Um, not a tackle, and that, you know, makes it sort of a questionable pick inside the top 10, right? But, again, like, if if you think Skoronsky can be, like, a Quentin Nelson-level guard, you know, or a or Chris Lindstrom, like... A lot of teams in the top 10 in the Chris Lindstrom draft probably would have liked to have taken Chris Lindstrom instead of whoever they got. So, um, you know, as long as you hit, like, on that guard and he turns out to be a really good player, like, the whole positional value thing, I think, gets too hyped. Like, if you know the guy is, like, a pro bowler... You know, and and excluding certain positions like punter and kicker, like, come on, like, you know, we're not the bucks, right? We're not taking, you know, (laughs) but like, assuming you you exclude a couple of things, like if you have a really high grade on somebody is like, we think this is a pro bowl player. They're probably worth a top 10 pick. Like, because look at, look at first rounds and look at how they are littered with just straight up busts. Like sometimes you get guys that just straight up bust. Sometimes you get guys that are just sort of average backup, whatever. You don't get a lot of Pro Bowl players, period, in the draft. So if you feel really strongly about one, I mean, I think you should just take them. And that's the same sort of argument for Bijan that we've covered. But, you know, I think we all talk about Bijan because it's it's sexy, it, and it is. Uh, that that would get the people going in, in lots of ways. But Skaronsky, like, feels even more like maybe this is the direction they go. They've gone for more of the sexy picks the last two years. Kyle Pitts. Very exciting, you know. Top playmaker, Drake London, same thing. Now this year maybe is the year where they have they're like, all right, we're gonna get our meat and potatoes now. We're gonna get our 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 guards squared away or something like that. But um, I do want to bring in Dave because I feel like we've we've hogged the Skaronski discussion. But Dave, what what do you think about the potential for offensive line at eight? Because it hasn't really been covered extensively. Yeah, I, I think it's
2: potential that exists, and I think. You know, with Skaronsky, it is sort of the question, where is he long term? And if, if it's a tackle, um, you know, you're looking at Matthews and Gary as basically signed out a couple of years and then you don't know what's going to happen with him. So if you're kind of looking for that missing piece on the line right now and maybe your long term, your starter uh, at tackle, or maybe you're just looking for a really high end guard um, because, you know, let's face it, the Saints where Terry Fontenot is from did excellent work with high end guards um, in front of Drew Brees, um, then, then I can see it. I I think it's a very plausible pick at number eight. The, the one thing that I would, would sort of counter with, um, and I learned my lesson from this last year is, are we so certain that the Falcons haven't signed a body at left guard? Because I didn't think Elijah Wilkinson was going to be a body at left guard a year ago. And then they plugged him in and, you know, he wasn't fantastic and he was hurt, obviously, which is out of his control, but he was he was pretty solid. And, and I think that the Falcons between, you know, Jalen Mayfield um, I, it should come with like ominous organ music in the background when I say his name, you know, but um, <laughs> between him and Justin Schaefer and, uh, you know, a couple other guys that they've picked up maybe they just feel like they've got enough of a competition to, to throw together there. And that's why we haven't seen the signing. That would be me playing devil's advocate. But I do think like, if you think Skaransky can be that caliber of player, um, you still do certainly have a short-term and a long-term need. I think along the offensive line, I, I think that could line up. So I, I do think it's a real possibility. Um, it's just a question of do do the falcons actually have any belief in their in-house options or are they really cluing us in what they're intending to do here
1: yeah no i i think that those are all good points and i think you could see it both ways like and they, they've done this at basically every position that they've sort of filled the rooms with veterans not always the veterans that people might have wanted to see like you know P, you know jason brought up at wide receiver you know we did get Matt collins we did get Scotty Miller and we got Kaderil Hodge back, but like for, for people looking for like a big needle mover there, it hasn't come, but you know, are the Falcons comfortable enough in those guys to, to wait on wide receiver a little bit? Do they have to get one at eight? Do do they have to get one in the second round? Do they have to get one in the third round? Could they get away with a day three wide receiver? I mean, basically every position is like that. Um, You know, I think the one that, you know, and Aaron mentioned this too, the one that is the most seemingly like unaddressed is guard where they brought in, you know, Kyle Hinton pretty early after he was cut as like a futures guy. And, and I know it, you know, it seems like they were pretty interested in adding him. Um, they do have Matt Hennessy who PFF liked him last year. Right. <laughs> so in his, in his couple of games and he was not bad, certainly. Um, but uh, I
2: forget about Matt Hennessy. Yeah. Like, Daily. I don't know why. I, I, I'm i sorry for Matt <laughs> Tennessee, but I, I just like, every time I'm like ticking off the options, I don't think of them.
1: Yeah, and I do think right now, like you would expect Tennessee to be the starter from that group, but they, they do still have Schaefer, like you mentioned, and Jalen Mayfield, you know, ominous music plays. Um, and, <laughs> you know, they have an offensive line coach who seems like he's pretty happy developing guys, but also pretty happy converting tackles to guard. This is now a clear thing Um, where they took Jalen Mayfield and converted him to guard Elijah Wilkinson, who had played tackle previously in his career made him more of a full-time guard. Um, They, they seem pretty interested in making that conversion. Um, So that could be again, another reason to, to, to look at Skaronsky because this would be another tackle to guard conversion.
2: So, yeah, well, it makes you wonder a little bit about Josh Miles, right? Um, <laughs> right. You know whether he's—I—I'm I, I, not saying. Please do not hold me to Josh Miles going to be starting left <laughs> guard. But, but, Ethan you know, Greenwich, could he be yeah. in the mix there? Maybe I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tyler Rabel honestly, was a guy I thought probably was going to be an NFL guard. They brought him back the to, to UDFA. He's seemed to stick at tackle for the most part, but for the same reason as Karansky, you know, short arms. Think he's probably got a future at guard. Um. But that that is the one spot where yeah the T Rex arms yeah poor Skaronski if if Skaransky's arms were one inch longer there would be no question about him being the, the number one offensive lineman off the board but uh, you know sometimes sometimes life be like that but that's definitely one that I think people haven't talked about enough um, is is the Skaronski thing um, all right before we get into some bold predictions so get get your get some predictions ready guys that's that's the next segment um, I do have a, a cool announcement uh, brought to you by. George Costanza, the the original sponsor of the of the program, right? Uh, and that is that we are going to be having a giveaway during the NFL draft party. Uh, it's going to be uh, you know handsomely gen- uh, and generously donated by George Costanza. Uh, we're going to be giving away four NFL Shop gift cards throughout the uh, twenty twenty three NFL draft. We're going to be doing a fifty dollar card on day one $50 card on day two and two cards on day three, a $50 card. And then also a patron exclusive giveaway on day three as well. Uh, So all you have to do to get involved in that giveaway is I'll have like a a firm, you know, grasp of what the the specific things are, but you know, subscribe to subscribe on YouTube. Please leave us a review. Uh, Obviously I'm not going to like track that down and make sure you did it, but you know, I would appreciate it if you left us a review that, that would be nice uh join the community discord server so that we can actually contact you to give you the the giveaway and uh yeah just be here for the actual draft party you will need to actually enter the giveaway and then be here when we officially announce the giveaway to to claim it so we can make sure we have the right person um but yeah we are uh, excited to do that uh you could put that gift card towards uh, an nfl draft hat uh you know maybe back in the day you could have gotten like more than half of a jersey with this but the jerseys are ridiculous so you know you can at least get started on that that first round pick jersey if that if you so desire. But hey, you know whatever you want to spend it on. If you want to buy you know a Matt Hennessy or a Jalen Mayfield jersey, you know I I won't stop you. So uh, that that is the giveaway. So just wanted to plug that uh, before we get back to the takes. Uh, so Aaron, I'm going to let you do the first bold prediction here. Uh you could take us in any direction you want. You can make it as spicy as you want. Uh what 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 do you got for the Falcons in this draft?
0: Um I don't think the Falcons are going to draft the corner.
1: I like it. Spicy. Like at all. Yeah. Like period. Yeah. Okay. I
0: think they're gonna pass on corner. I think they'll take a safety that may have some cornerbacky skills. Um but I, I think they're gonna they're gonna roll with the guys they ha- currently have They have a lot of bodies there. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to pass on the corner.
1: That's an interesting one because they definitely, like you said, they've added a, they have more players at corner than any other position and it's not close. I think they have, like, three more corners in the next closest position. Um, And as much as I think that they would be happy to, like, get one if somebody falls, I do agree, like, it's, I, we, we've been telling people like all week on Twitter, like don't look too much into the top 30 draft visits and like you shouldn't look too much into the top 30 draft visits. But you look at the combine and the their draft visits and everything in general and like conspicuously absent are the top corners. Uh, they haven't really made any efforts to have the top corners in for visits or talk to them uh, at the NFL combine. And it's kind of interesting, right, um, that that's the case. You know, they they have mostly met with sort of day three guys. You know, I, I know they were really interested in Ktrell uh, Clark, uh, who was at the Shrine Bowl. But again, that's probably more of a day three player, Um, you know. So I guess it wouldn't shock me still if they took one like late. But yeah, I, I definitely would agree with you that it's probably more likely than people think that they don't take a corner, at least in the first two days of the draft. I think that's a pretty good one um one that i think we, we could definitely see play out i also think with this regime it's hard to say like you know i know i know you're not saying like oh they would never do it you're just you know giving us a bold prediction but like you know if somebody falls i think they'll definitely consider yeah. it you know like they've had like cam smith from south carolina and he's a guy that has like a slight chance maybe of falling there um but yeah that, that's a good one um dave what, what do you think what, what's your what's your spicy take
2: yeah, I think uh, ultimately no edge rusher until day three is what I'm going with, which really? uh, <laughs> okay. to me, uh, you know, it's partly because I, I feel in my bones that this will happen. And, and I have felt the the curse of Falcons pass rush keenly over the past 30 years. Um, but I, I do think they're going to wait on that. I think they've assembled a group of guys that they they like. Um, and they won't end up coming away with one. So whether whether that's what I want or not is a, is a different question.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one too. Uh, and I think again, there's certainly. I think e- even more than like, I mean, at cor- corner's really crowded. Like, but it's like at corner, it's a lot of like one year type deals. Jeff Akuda, you know, is he going to be here long term? Um, Casey Hayward, they could potentially cut right at edge. It's like they they've invested a lot at edge. Like, I don't know, but Katie, D'Angelo Malone, are second year, you know, day two picks. So you have to think those guys are a big part of their long-term plans, or at least they're still hoping they are. Calais Campbell is here. Lorenzo Carter's back. Uh, Bud Dupree is only a one-year deal, but it's mostly guaranteed. So, I mean, he's, you know, it's only a few million guaranteed, but like, they're probably not cutting him unless there's some reason to do so with that much money guaranteed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think right now, you know, if you count Clayus Campbell as an, as an edge rusher, if you don't and you want to count him as an interior guy, that's fine. They have, like, one spot, uh, maybe, between interior and edge to go around to, if they're going to keep 10 guys. Assuming, you know, Eddie Goldman plays. If Eddie Goldman, you know, decides to retire again, then that obviously would throw math off. But, um, you know, at this point, it, it's, it is crowded there, um, and I, I do think that's an interesting one for sure. Uh, no edge rusher until day three. I mean, this is a deep edge class too, so you can still get guys on day three. So that's another reason why, uh, that they could decide to wait. Um, yeah, I guess my ball predictions kind of in the same vein. I was, I'm predicting a safety in round two. Um, and that kind of goes with, with Aaron's take a little bit that, that, you know, they're not going to take a core high and they're maybe going to prioritize safety more. And I, I think that's the buzz that I'm sort of leaning on as well. I think they really love Brian Branch and they would love for him to fall. I think if he makes it out of the first round, I would keep an eye on them trying to make a move up for him. Remember, this team has never made their original second round pick under Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. 2021, they traded back. 2022, they traded up. So they like to move around in the second round. You can usually, and that's a spot where the value you want a trade is a lot better if you're trading up because it's not anywhere near as expensive as it is in the first round. You can usually get, you know, five, 10 spots for like a fourth rounder, depending on where you are in the round. So um, that could be an option. But I do think Sidney Brown is, is the guy I would circle there. I love Sidney Brown. He was one of the most impressive players at the Senior Bowl. He really fits that big nickel type role, he's a physical safety. Um, they did just cut a safety. They only made, they only cut a few players and safety was honestly one of the thinner position groups and they still made a cut there. So that to me means that they're definitely feeling like they're going to add there and possibly add UDFAs as well. Um, they visited with a lot of UDFA types at, at safety, like Rashad Torrance and, and guys like that. So right now I, I I think safety in round two, whether that's Sidney Brown, whether they end up coming away with Brian Branch, if he continues to fall, um, that's sort of where, where I'm at. Um, I know you guys, the, the, I only need one, you know, for sure. But if you do have an ex, an extra spicy take you want to add, I, I will accept a second prediction. If, if either of you have a second prediction.
0: Um, I guess this is bold for me since, you know, I've been championing the Bijan hype for a while, or, you know, with great assistance by you, Kevin, as well as several other folks, uh, with alcoholic ties like Eric Robinson and Everett glaze. Um, I don't think they're going to take a running back like at all. Yeah, wow. I think they should. Yeah. You know, I will be throwing things when they don't, but they get those two seventh rounders, fa- ra- right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You know, I think the Falcons, knowing the Falcons, you know, they're going to disappoint me in some form or fashion. <laughs> and like, you know, I feel like it's, it's either Bijan John round one. It's either Roshan Johnson, his teammate in like round four or no running back at all. Wow. And like, I feel like they're either walking away from this draft with one of the Texas running backs or no running back at all. That's my bold prediction.
1: I, I like it. It's very spicy. I do I, I do think they're gonna come away with the running back, but yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, they've definitely met with a lot of those like day three guys, like those early day three guys, like Tajay Spears, uh, Eric Gray, um, you know, Roshan, like you mentioned. Um, they met with uh, Keaton Mitchell twice, I believe, um, so that is interesting, too. Uh, a little bit of a different kind of running back. They met with Jameer Gibbs at the Combine, Tank Bigsby. Um, obviously, they met with everybody at the Senior Bowl. So, you know, I, I agree with with the, the they they should take one take. Uh, I guess I would be surprised if they don't come away with one, but it's definitely one that they've felt like they could fudge, right? I mean, they— We've gone from, like, talking about, like, oh, yeah, they're we, we think they're going to take Bijan to, like, this is a team that doesn't invest in the RB position. And, and that's true. Like, outside of Quarrel Patterson, who they signed to a, you know, decent contract, um, it's been Tyler Algier and, like, UDFAs. Uh, and then converting Avery Williams from cornerback to running back. Like, they have not gone out and, and invested much. I mean, Damian Williams last year, who, unfortunately, we didn't really even get to see. Um, but, like you know, what's to say BJ Baylor can't be this year's Caleb Huntley, you know, and maybe they really like him. That's another position group. They haven't added anyone to all off season. And there's like so many veteran running backs out there. They could just add. And maybe that's another reason why, like you said, they may not decide to do it in the draft. Cause they're like, well, if we decide that BJ Baylor isn't, isn't it. And, and Caleb Huntley is not healthy. Then we could just go sign one of like 200 guys sitting out there in free agency to fill that role. So, uh, I like it. I, I, that, that is bold. Uh, Dave, you got any more or are you, you tapped out on spicy takes?
2: Yeah, it's not really spicy, but oh, okay. uh, they're going to take another, they're going to take another tight end.
1: Yeah. There that's we
2: go. My, my bold prediction. Um, I think yeah. that Arthur Smith's thirst for tight end is never slaked. I think this is a good class and I think they'll find their way to somebody on day three. So,
1: yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that. I think that's good. Um, yeah. That, that's a good one too. Like, they, they can never have enough tight ends. Like don't ever, you know, think that they can't, um, you know, yeah, LaPorta, I think too, you know yeah.
2: Yeah, And I think, you know, um, are we guaranteed that Franks is going to stick around that Fitzpatrick is a guy that they want to keep? Like, I think they'll, they'll find themselves making room. So, yeah,
1: yeah no, I like that too. And yeah, like a Sam Laporta has like ever since I scouted him like for last year's draft before he decided to go back. He's screamed Falcons tight end to me. He's like under six four, so you know Arthur Smith loves those short king tight ends, right? Like my, my, Michael Pruitt was like six two, Parker Hesse's like six three. You know Arthur Smith loves the short kings. Um, you know short six three, right? Uh, <laughs> for tight end, it's a little short. Um, so I, uh, I, I. I agree. I think we're gonna get a tight end. Uh I don't know where or who. I think it could be as early as Darnell Washington at forty four. I think that's one, you know, that I would probably add as a as a spicy take that if Darnell Washington's there at forty four, you know, get ready. Like get ready for that. Um Yeah, that that one's that one's interesting. Yeah, my thing would be that I, I don't think we're getting a receiver early. Um I think the third round is sort of where they consider taking a wide receiver. I don't think we're going to get anything earlier than that. And it's probably leaning more into day three, but um, I I think wide receiver, a lot of people think it's like a primary need. We've got some people mocking Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Falcons, which they don't use a slot receiver guys. Like, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, sure. Can JSN maybe play outside? Like eventually. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's got the, the size. Like why not? But, like, I'm not taking a guy at eight that I'm going to make change positions where he's, like, the best slot receiver to come out of the draft in a while. He's really good in that role, and we're just going to make him change positions in Atlanta and draft him in the top ten? Like, no. Let somebody who uses a slot receiver and plays 11 personnel more than 25% of the time draft Jackson Smith and Jigba and let him play his natural position. Like, why are we forcing JSN to Atlanta? Like, if anything, they're going to take Quentin Johnston, and I, that would probably piss people off even more. But maybe that's my ball prediction. Like, if you think the Falcons are taking a wide receiver at eight for some twisted reason, it's probably going to be Quentin Johnston. Uh, so not, you know, look at look at who Arthur Smith has drafted, okay? Kyle Pitts, Drake London, the only one that looks like those guys is Quentin Johnston. So Or Cedric Tillman, but that's probably like second round. So, um, you know. So that, that's, that's my spiel on wide receiver, but I think it's going to be later. I circle Jonathan Mingo, you know, just, just circle Jonathan Mingo. And as soon as they get a chance, they're probably going to draft Jonathan Mingo. So, um, although if you listen to, uh, Kim, was it Schrager, uh, who had Mingo going to the saints at like 29 or something, uh, like in the first round, uh, that was pretty wild to me, but you know, so maybe we don't even get a chance to get, to get Jonathan Mingo, but, um, Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground, covered a lot of the the biggest biggest rumors, um some some very spicy predictions, a lot of fun as always. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Aaron Freeman, host of the Locked On Falcons podcast at Falcon Fans on the Twitter's for joining us. Aaron, anything that you'd like to plug before we sign off?
0: Um I did a detailed breakdown of the roster on Locked On Falcons tonight on YouTube, tomorrow on your preferred podcast platform. Uh, And so some of the things that I mentioned tonight, like maybe they pass on the corner, those types of things, you know, go into a little bit more detail on on that sort of thing. So go check that out for Locked on Falcons. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely good stuff there. You know, I would say locked on Falcons. You know, strong second to to you know Dirty Birds and Brews. but you know, we, we, it's one A, one B. You know, and then you can you can order them in whatever way you choose on the depth chart. They're both starters, right? They're both starters. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great show, guys. Definitely check that out uh, because we all know you're ravenous for the Falcons content. If you're still listening to this like an hour in. Uh, like all the 160, 170 of you that are still here, uh, we know you would, are, you're would definitely going to go listen to another podcast after this. So definitely check out Locked on Falcons. Uh, also with us tonight, gracing us with his presence, the boss man, Dave Choate at the Falcoholic himself. Dave, anything you'd like to plug before we sign off?
2: Um, I would plug all the great work you guys are doing uh, on Locked On Falcons here on the show, on the podcast, uh, at the site where we've had some, you know, great scouting reports, mock drafts, breakdowns, and um, you know, we're we're always uh, prepared for this and excited about it. So I, I think the content reflects that. If I was going to plug something that I've done recently, it would just be the sort of Falcons drafts by the decade. I've had a lot of fun putting that together. I unearthed some very painful memories along the way, but. Um, if you haven't, checked those out. I, I think they're fun, and those will be wrapping up uh, early next week ahead of the draft. So,
1: Yeah, definitely check that out, guys. Check out the site, thefalcoholic.com, as well. Uh, if you're ravenous for the content, we've got plenty of it coming your way. Uh, there will be scouting reports. There will be some roundtables. There will be, obviously, more podcasts, multiple mock drafts. Uh, one more for me coming early next week. Then, of course, as as is new tradition, right, we're going to have another Live mock draft right before the draft on Wednesday uh, that you could come and partake of. And, of course, if you're a patron or if you're interested in becoming a patron, Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, we will be having our inaugural patron mock draft where the patrons get to take control of the draft simulator and get us what is sure to be a very chalky and not at all surprising uh, mock draft simulation for the Falcons. Um, So that one's going to be a lot of fun if you're interested in, in taking part in that. Uh, hit us up patreon.com slash falcoholic live uh, all tiers get access to that show uh, which is going to be a lot of fun so we will uh, look look for you guys there but again i'm kevin i at falcoholic kevin thank you guys so much for tuning in to the falcoholic live and the dirty birds and Bu- dirty birds and brews podcast presented by bet online uh please do like and subscribe on youtube if you're watching us there or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, leave us that five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Uh, we are really close to 100 on Spotify. Like I think we're like 97 or 98. So if you guys could get us to triple digits there, it would make me feel good. I don't, I don't know how important it really is for the algorithm, but I would like to see that, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, consider it, you know, just for me. But <laughs> thanks, guys, so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 4 the final live mock draft and we'll have lots more content coming your way before then but guys we'll see you next time have a great night